When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I am a simple man. And I'm Billy. I am a person in long-term recovery. And I'm Jenny, and I'm pretty simple too, but I'm also in long-term recovery. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about simplicity today, but we have been uh, we have a backlog of things to talk about first <laughs> that I, I keep missing. So, uh, Stephanie reached out to us a while back after one of our episodes, and she was telling me that they had a policy meeting at her home group and there was a a big stink about what jobs and positions people on maintenance were allowed to have. But the, the big problem they were having, like, I get this, you know, if somebody is on a a MAT therapy or of some sort, and and maybe they look in a way that reminds us of being high, it might be kind of weird to have them sitting at the front of your meeting, leading the meeting. Eyes all pinned. Yeah. That could be a little strange. Right. Right. (laughs) But this was about key tags. And she said that somebody said, how can you hand out a key tag for clean time when you don't have any? And I'm like, pretty easy. You just put it in somebody's hand, right? <laughs> right. Like, give them a hug. Uh, and so she said that, isn't that the same thing as a person with six months handing out a black key tag to somebody? Like, they still don't have that. How can they give it out? Like, that, didn't, that point didn't make any sense to her. And so she was arguing that people in maintenance should definitely be allowed to give out key tags. And there were, she said, there was people concerned about people looking high doing it and what that would mean about their home group. For key tags? Yeah. And she said that the problem, you know, would solve itself because most people who abuse MATs would just stop showing up eventually. So... I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. You know, it, it kind of feeds into, I don't, uh, to me, I'm like, yep, this is exactly why I say the stuff I say. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, well, and I would think in my home group, I mean, if we had a newer member, because there's a couple of us that have a lot of time, like, that would be one of the things we would immediately give them to do. Right. Of course, we probably wouldn't even care if they secretary the meeting. Like, look, as long as you're not not now, I mean, if you're not now, yeah. we're going to kick you out, but of that position. But like, <laughs> but short of that, if you show up, you could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting one, but I, I think it ties into this like uh, complex that our, our program or people in our program at least have with this, this MAT idea, right? This can people really feel included? 
while they're on MATs when there seems to always be this controversy of can they do this? Are they allowed to do this? Can they work steps? Can they? It's like, I, I don't know, man. Why don't we just treat them as equals and but that's see the, what happens? Yeah, true. But I think part of that's the autonomy of the group because different groups will make weird rules about all kinds of weird shit. You know, you can't secretary the meeting unless you have so much time. You can't. Yeah. I mean, when you said about a person with six months giving out a black key tag, I'm like, who gives a fuck? Well, that what was would, her point. They were saying that if dumb. you were on MATs. To me. To you, me. I mean, well, right. She was <laughs> saying that you're saying MATs people don't have clean time, so they can't give out any of the key tags. And she was her counterpoint was if you have six months clean, you give out black key tags. You don't have multiple years. Right. So what the hell's the difference? Like yeah. you're still giving out something you don't have. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. But that stuff you know like our home group is real formal we don't even have positions now whoever shows up does whatever you know we try to keep in touch with make sure somebody's going to show up and open the meeting short of that we don't have an assigned position for anything or limitations or rules I, i'm sure that that there's varied uh you know beliefs and in, in around this in different areas and different home groups but I, I will say my experience at least that the prevailing attitude kind of follows this idea of like oh no we can't let these people do that and, and it's that these people kind of idea and that, mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of my stance comes from uh, that's know, where that, us mature that, uh, developed members have to create a new <laughs> a new program us enlightened open-minded people uh, and then John from, from Instagram reached out because he was talking about the enabling podcast and he felt like uh, that I was saying that we should just allow people to do whatever they want and live in our house if it keeps them alive. And I think we kind of addressed this in an episode after that. It might even been Tradition 9 episode after that, that like that we weren't saying just let people do what the fuck they want. That was not right. the goal. And if it came across that way, I, I'm definitely sorry. That was not the intention. I think our, our belief, we kind of both kind of came to the same place of like, it's very, very, you know, individual situation to individual situation and have your boundaries for sure. And, and don't let them be crossed. But at the same time, we shouldn't just rush into either tough love or let them do whatever they want in, in any case, right? Like those are two extremes. And I'm sure Jenny would say, you know, Buddhism, middle path, right? Like that's what we got to do. I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even the tough love. I mean, the whole idea behind that is like, I, at least my understanding is it's like kicking people out and not talking to them and all that stuff. I mean, you can even have a little more nuanced version of that, maybe. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and I think doing it in the name of tough love is the wrong concept, right? right? Doing it in the name of, hey, look, I just can't accept. You're ruining my life doing this, so I can't accept that. And right. I got to put a boundary up is one thing. But to just say, nope, tough love's the answer. Yeah. Like, That's what they tell us to do with you addicts. Right. Tough love. With tough <laughs> love you to right to life. Yeah, God right. damn it. <laughs> um, oh, another, I just, again, wanted to thank everybody who's donated, especially Sarah and Julie. We haven't mentioned them for a little while, maybe a few episodes, but hey, they have you. set up monthly contributions that come in regularly and wow, that's great. Uh, always appreciate that and then <laughs> we had uh we had somebody reach out on instagram and they said hello we're looking for cat models to join our meow lives team <laughs> <laughs> i'm in i'm in <laughs> are they saying i look like a pussy <laughs> is that what they're saying <laughs> are they i don't know so, yeah so that was fun and i uh I don't know. I had to mention it just because I didn't know we cat were cat models. Yeah, we were cat models. So 
Tradition nine. We're talking about tradition nine, and we mentioned that simplicity was the spiritual principle in it. And I think both of us were kind of taken aback, like, oh, is that a spiritual principle? (laughs) Who knew? Uh, And so we decided we were going to do an episode about simplicity. Actually, Jenny decided we were going to do an episode about simplicity because she loved it. So that's what we're doing today. So if we want to get into the definition, simplicity. The state of being simple. Wow, thanks, Webster's. (laughs) You're so fucking You can't use the word in the definition of the word. (laughs) I'm sorry. The state of being simple, uncomplicated, or uncompounded. Yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, Two, second definition, lack of subtlety or penetration. Uh, I'm going to tell all my kids to be simple, to avoid sex. (laughs) No sex. Be simple. Um, Freedom from pretense or guile. Directness of expression, restraint and ornamentation. I don't even know what half of this shit means. Uh, so that's the definitions for what they're worth. I don't think they're all that useful. It was mentioned right before we came on that simplicity is the first word in NA's prevailing literature, the basic text. It talks about our symbol. It says simplicity is the key to our symbol and it mirrors the simplicity in our program. I just think this is fascinating. Like as a guy who, you know, was part of starting a podcast because I like to not be simple about the way I think about things. Uh, damn, I'm not doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do we need to shut the podcast down? Do we overcomplicate things by talking about them more? Uh, I, you know, so I had a sponsor who frequently would say to me when I was asking questions and inquiring and being curious and exploratory and you know delving in depth with my thinking he would say man you just gotta keep that shit simple you're getting like and i don't know there there is a draw for me in all that thinking but is that not a good thing i mean there was also a draw for me to do heroin and that didn't work out i think i believe it comes back to stuff we've talked about before as far as understanding that like my ideas and all that stuff that whirl around in my head, and I'm kind of stealing this, this isn't my original idea, is that like all these ideas that whirl around in my head, they aren't me. You know what I mean? They're just ideas. So I don't have to be married to them to the point that we need to come to blows over whether the methadone person can hand out key tags or not. Like it's not that, like that's just an idea that I have and a belief that I hold right this moment. If we can talk about it, we can argue about it. I'm willing to consider other points of view, but those are just ideas. I think where it gets dangerous is when we get so stuck in our thinking or rigid in our thinking and, you know, we allow all those crazy, well, I shouldn't say crazy. We allow all those ideas that whirl around in our head to like, I don't know, like we just get so stuck on them that we we can't move past what we think. So so maybe it's not about how much I overthink. It's just the fact that I question everything helps me not be stuck in any idea. Yeah. Or how do you act on that overthinking? What do you do with it? It simple still. It feels complicated. Uh, (laughs) But you know what? And and listening to this new book I'm listening to that's got some new ideas that I'm hoping change my life. um, (laughs) I feel like my exploration and curiosity and, and questioning of things doesn't really complicate my life it it makes for complex thinking but i feel like it leads me to simpler understandings of 
what I really want in my life and who I am and what the world means to me. And like, so it, it's more of a reevaluation of what matters to me than anything when I'm doing that. Yeah. And to relate it to what's going on in the world right now with like COVID and vaccines and masks and all this other stuff that's kind of still seems to be lingering on. I try to use this principle of simplicity to come back and be like, all right, what am I really trying to do here? Well, I want to be safe for myself and I want to be safe for other people. So should I wear a mask? Shouldn't I wear a mask? Should I get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? Like I can get so caught up in all those ideas that I'm almost paralyzed with fear. And then I go out into the world and like I'm confrontational with everybody that doesn't see things my way. Or I just try to educate myself and do the research and then say, all right, what do I feel like is the best way for me to be safe for myself and other people? Like I need mm. to – like I just keep that as my focus. I mean just for myself now, I've been wearing a mask in the store. I don't fucking know why. It feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> so I just do it. I don't really know if it's great or not. But in the research and information and stuff that I've done, it's like – I'm mostly concerned with just being safe and I don't need to get into how many particles I'm breathing out and whether this or that. Like, I'm just trying to be safe for myself and other people. Can I just keep it there at that simple level and try to move forward the best that I can? Hmm. One of the things that I had read uh, said that the need for simplicity arises from the fact that what we are dealing with is not simple. Life is not simple. People in relationships are not simple. God is not simple. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So the need for simplicity arises because things aren't simple to begin with. You know, we talk about that whole simple program for complicated mm. people. Mm. Maybe we were like overcomplicating everything before. And so the need to keep it simple arises out of that to combat it. Yeah, for sure. Focusing on getting back to focusing on important things. You know, like we get so lost in the nuances of self-centeredness. You know, thinking about every interaction. All right, I'm going to do this and they're going to say that. And then what's going to happen and how are we going to deal with this problem? And what do we do about that? Whereas a program brings us back to, all right, you know, what's in front of me? This is the problem in front of me. What are the steps I need to do to move forward? Instead of trying per to predict and persuade and coerce, you know, we just live, practice the principle and leave the outcomes alone. I feel like a lot of our cliches are based around simplicity. Keep it simple. One day at a time, just for today, do the next right thing. Like, yeah. they're all about just like, let's keep this easy and, and simple. Well, I think it's like boil, boil it down to what's most important and make a foundation there. And then you can regrow your life as a recovered person. Yeah. One of the things I had looked at about this was about, uh, it gave some ideas of what simplicity is. And, and a lot of it boiled down to having a purpose. It said simplicity was being able to find your purpose because once you can do that, there's ways to lay out what's your priorities and then know what's your secondaries. And that helps keep decision-making simpler Yes. because like I, I know what's important to me. What's important to me, uh, for instance, what's important to me today on a Sunday? Well, I want to record the podcast. I want to watch football. Guess what's on my agenda today? <laughs> I'm recording the podcast and then I'm watching football. Like that's what I want to do. Uh, American football for, for you Europeans and others out there. Um, it's just something I like. So I, knowing that those things are like high on my list, 
you know, now, now granted there's higher things on my list. So if they were to come up or whatever, I might have to cancel these plans, but I, I have an idea of that priority list in my head. Um, sometimes yesterday dropped my daughter off at softball, went to the gym. I'm like, yeah, get my workout in. I'm all happy about that. I get one exercise in, I get a phone call. Oh, she hurt her knee and has to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And even though I know my priority is my kids, I was pissed. I was like, God damn, I want to get my workout in. Like, this is bullshit. Why did she hurt herself? Right? Like, <laughs> she did this to you. I'm conflicted. And, and, and my brain is saying, like, she's not really hurt. She don't need to go to the hospital. She just needs to sit on that goddamn bench till I'm done my workout. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I don't always like my priorities, but I do generally know where they are. I mean, what did I do? I left the gym and angrily drove over there and went to the hospital with her. And, and she's fine, of course. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Missed well, my workout for now. And that is one of the things recovery helped me to do was sort through my priorities and not treat you know, everything the same. Like I've through this step work and through the process of recovery, I've learned to identify like, all right, what things in my spirit are, make me feel the best. So like you could have ignored your kid and done your workout and been like, fuck it. She'll be fine for an hour or two. And I'd have been all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, would you? So, and I don't know, maybe you would, but like for me, a lot of times I, recognize that I'm selfish and I don't live according to my values. I live according to my immediate gratifications. That was the problem in addiction. I always gave into the gratification and I didn't follow through on, you know, my, my principles. I knew it was wrong to be dishonest. I knew it was wrong to lie to my family. I knew it was wrong to steal from my parents. Like, but I did those things anyway, cause it got me what I needed to get in the moment. You know, and it seemed like the right thing to do impulsively. <laughs> it was leg day, bro. Nobody wants to do leg day. It was a sacrifice already for my personal well-being, right? Like I, you couldn't do squats at the hospital. Ah, yeah, I guess I could have, but there wasn't a whole lot of space. They might have looked at me funny. They might have put me on the fourth floor. <laughs> but no, I. So here's my thing. I tend to believe, and maybe this is all made up because I just want to fucking work out and do what I want to do, right? Maybe I made all this up afterwards, but. My belief is that the world has moved into overreacting a little bit. And I think everybody at the field, all the adults, maybe my wife too, overreacted. Like, uh, to me, it's like, look, okay, she hurt her knee. Is she in danger of death? No. Is the hospital really going to do anything for a situation like this besides tell you, hey, you should probably go see an orthopedist sometime next week? No. So what is the fucking rush? Like, I, I just didn't get it. Like, sit her on the bench, let her sit there, let her rest. I'll take her home when I'm done my workout. She'll sit around for the weekend, and if it doesn't feel better, then we'll make an appointment Monday. And, you know, I, bearing that out, we went to the hospital. We laid there. She got an x-ray. X-ray was negative. And they said, hey, here's an orthopedist you might want to call if it doesn't heal up by the middle of next week. And it's yeah. like, well... That to me just says, yes, we didn't need to rush to the, in a fucking ambulance to the hospital. Like, what were we doing that for? We knew they weren't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. But I, I also feel the guilt of because everyone else has this semblance of overreaction. If I don't, I'm like ostracized and pushed out of the group. And so then I feel pressured to do what I don't believe in. Right. That's did my you, struggle. Did you talk to them about your concerns? Like, did you say, hey, she, you know, why don't we go home and put some ice on it and put it up for a little bit and see what happens? Th- they had already called the ambulance. 
ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah, they t- wow. put her in an ambulance to drive her three blocks. She was in Elkton, and she was three blocks from the hospital. All right. And they put her in an ambulance to drive. So I am now going to co-sign your overreaction. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, That's what I, I mean, need. If the leg wasn't like, if the foot wasn't hanging off, or the limb wasn't. You know, I mean, apparently, I mean, so, we've seen some gruesome football injuries. Wait, you know, like, you've seen ones where it's like, ooh, he needs the hospital yeah. right away. But there, there wasn't even a collision or anything. She stepped on home plate. It was slippery. She hyperextended her knee. Oh, is the league and, get sued or something? I don't know, but she apparently she went to try to stand up and couldn't. And so they, I guess they got freaked out. They stopped the whole game. I mean, I pulled up 15 minutes later. She's still laying behind home plate. I'm like, yeah. get her ass up and walk off the field so you can play. And stuff my whole <laughs> life to be like, eh. Let's raise it because, well, whatever. But, yeah, and, that seems a little bit overreactionary. Yeah, and look, it's not like a tough guy like, oh, suck it up and rub some dirt on it. It's like help her ass off the field oh, to yeah, the bench and play sure. the goddamn softball game. Like, we don't need to all lay here and watch her or watch her right. lay there behind home plate. Like, that's – it just seemed – I get your knees in pain, but I don't think that means we can't move you. Your back or neck, okay, maybe. Yeah, right. But your knee, like, okay, we'll we'll hobble you off. Like, we'll put you on our arms like they do anywhere else. I don't know. Right. I didn't feel like I was being unreasonable, but either way. Well, so if it was me, I probably would have still would have left the gym and went there. I would have done that. Well, I did, but I didn't want to. Yeah. I thought so, right. when where I was going with all that was, for me personally, like, if I didn't and then I went home that night, I would feel bad if I didn't. You know what I mean? If and I had I stayed at have. the bin gym and worked out. <laughs> I'd have been like, eh, I, I probably have. should have showed up for my kid. Well, and, and here's the other thing, right? As I'm leaving the gym angry, of course, that thought always creeps in. Well, that's God's will, buddy. You were about to hurt yourself. <laughs> if you'd have done three right. more exercises, you were going to pull some you muscle. Blew and, your knee out with right, squats. And I was going to be out of the gym for months. And you so, probably really needed that. That does ambulance. not sound simple. I was like, <laughs> I guess God saved me by doing this. <laughs> I, I mean, that's I know that's my view on life, that that's exactly what was meant to happen. And and that's my little take on the reason why it was meant to happen. Maybe there was some other profound reason, right? Maybe. But maybe how simplicity works is you go, all right, what is my value? That's what my action needs to be, you know, and it's not a judgment. So I don't know. You know your own values. Like my values have changed over my recovery. Different ones take priority at different times and they ebb and flow mm. and change in my life. You know, but how once I know what the value is, all right, this is the value. This is the action that needs to go yeah. along with that. Stop fucking thinking about it. So so the the reality for me is, yeah, I want to show up for my kid, but I didn't want that shit to happen. Right. There's just frustration that it happened. Right. The the ego, the part of me that uh, is not OK with what is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what it was. I No. Why the fuck did you hurt yourself? You should have been more careful. Uh, some, they should have wiped off home plate so it wasn't slippery. Like something. Like something right. should have happened <laughs> that that did not happen in that moment because it interfered with what the fuck I was trying to do. Right. That's all. So, yeah. I I, I think I can do the, the simple action and follow what I'm supposed to do, just not happily. I'm just going to do it grumpily. <laughs> so your actions are simple, but mentally, super complicated. This stupid situation. Well, see, that's where your overthinking comes in. You just go, you know what? My kid was hurt. I showed up. I did the right thing. They know I'm there. They know I love them. I'm there to support. Or that's the I would assume the sentiment you're trying to send. That would be me. The sentiment I'm trying to send. Look, you're hurt. You need something. I'll stop what I'm doing and come help you. That's all it was. The rest of it, the overreaction and stuff, yeah, it probably was. But do you want to get hung up on that or do you want to get 
really hung up on, well, I did the right thing and according to my values, it was the right thing to do for me. It was the right thing to do for my kid and I can just let it go and be happy. I can't keep it simple in this situation because there's other factors, God damn it. <laughs> Here's the complicating factors. We just spent six weeks running back and forth to hospitals and inpatient treatment centers to help this kid. Since she's been home for a whole two weeks now, every day there's something that makes my day harder. Right. Whether that's driving somewhere extra. This is the second trip to the hospital in two weeks. This is, you know, phone calls throughout my day. And I'm trying to take in between sessions with people in the little 15 minutes I have to call back. Oh, what's going on? It's cool. Why did you have to call? Blah, blah. And it's like every fucking day. And here it is. It's supposed to be Saturday in a softball game where I don't have to worry about school or something going wrong. And it's one more thing. It's like, yeah, if I can just erase my memory from the last two months, this probably is a real simple thing. Sure. Okay. Damn. Something happened. That's awful. But it's every fucking day <laughs> and I'm over it. So yeah. Jenny could probably tell you, and I guess it's okay to say, if not, we can take this out, but having a kid with a disability, <sighs> you just get used to that. <laughs> That's just part, you know. Is it like every day? When you don't, not every day, but when you get periods of time, like you have like three or four days where you don't get a call or you don't have something going, it's like, man, it's been a good week. <laughs> you know. Uh this doesn't even have to do with her disability, but I get a call from the school nurse like every other day. Yeah. She's like, you know, we're on a first name basis. Like, hey, Karen. Hey, Jenny. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, when we had our, it was, there was, con whether it was a behavioral thing or a medical thing or a doctor thing or, you know, it just, there was always stuff. Yeah. I didn't know it was that daughter that had the softball oh, accident. Yeah. yeah. No wonder the alarm bells went off. Everybody's probably very sensitive around her. You know, even if they don't know what's going on, they just know something's going on. So. <sighs> So is it, is it, it's every day? I just need to adapt. I need to get better. It's not every day forever. It's every day for now. <laughs> yeah. Two years and nine days. Well, so we're all, you know, Eight days. Till we're it's all done. meditators, right? You know, like we all, <laughs> we're all practicing to train our minds. You know, we all have our personal practices. So can you work on like your mind got spun off? Like, so as soon as you got the call, you can't work out anymore. Your mind went into like your kind of selfish desires if you don't mind me calling it that you know like i mean can you train your mind like nope you know what simple my priority is my children workouts second so boom i don't want to waste any more mental energy on that it's simple i gotta go take care of the kid work out mm. later and see that's part of my meditation process yeah. so i've been tried a lot of different things but currently what i do in meditation is try to just for exactly that reason, but I try to sit and be present in the moment, like I'll sit in a room. What sounds do I hear? What's the air feel like? Do I feel my breathing? Can I feel it coming in and out? Am I fully present in this moment and everything that's going on? Or am I thinking about 15 other things that I got to do at work later? And what about after work? And what's for dinner? And all this other shit. Like, none of that matters in that moment. What matters is what's in front of me right here and now. Those other things can be taken care of later. Well, and going back to the polyvagal theory episode, I mean, my my meditation looks pretty similar to that. Not exactly, but it's a, it's a lot about the awareness of now. Um, and that polyvagal theory, you know, of like, where's my nervous system at in this moment? And that's, I mean, I recognize it a lot of times so far, but I, I have not yet gotten to that next level of like, oh, I'm in that sympathetic nervous system. I'm irritated with everybody around me reaction. Mm. I see it. <laughs> I, I'm still just going to go with it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not too uh, thwarting it and doing something else or, or, you know, just allowing it to exist quite yet. I'm not, I'm not there. I had an AA sponsor and she 
said this one often, be where your feet are. And I, I like that one that stuck with me. Mm. Be where yeah. your feet are. I did a, a grounding meditation one time and I do it with a lot of my people now where, you, you know, it's just really a general body scan, mostly superficial on the outside. Like, can you feel your socks? Can you feel the weight of your pants on your legs? Is the material coarse? Is it soft? Whatever. We work our way up. But the, the grounding truth in the end of it is like, this is your truth. This is what your experience is right now. And all that story you make up in your head is fake. Like it may or may not be real at some later point in time when you're there to deal with it. But at this moment, all that my kid's unsafe in the world is my marriage. Okay. Like all that is made the fuck up. The truth is you can feel your feet. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. And so similar concept. Uh, and I do like it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I, I mean, to calm myself down, I just try to remind myself like, I have food, I have shelter, you know what I mean? Like all my basic needs are met. I am okay. Whatever's going on right now, it, it's going to be okay. You know? like, I don't know why in those moments I can't be like, life's entirely fucking made up and fake anyway. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what does it matter right. if I'm doing leg presses or I'm fucking going right. to the hospital? Go have a kid? cupcake. Yeah. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> right. It's all the same shit. It's all made up. Huh. All right. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Uh, back to simplicity a little bit. Not that I think we're too far off the, the topic. So another reading I found was, it said, so when we say that AA is a simple program, we need to be clear on what we are saying. AA is a simple program, and I imagine that's all 12 steps. AA is a simple program in that it gives us a set of simple tools to deal with what are in fact complicated matters. We use these tools to work our way through the real complexities of life and in the process, simplify it and come out on the other side of those complexities. So uh, just reiterating that theory of like, life is fucking complicated. Mm -hmm. It's hard. There's so many aspects, even though they are all made up. And the more we can get kind of grounded into that purpose of being and, and what matters to us and how to live in a way that honors that. And, and I think, you know, I, I always feel fucking like I should go hang out with the Starbucks horoscope chicks when I say things that honor this or honor that. But, but yeah, like. I would like to meet those Starbucks right. <laughs> horoscope chicks. <laughs> but where, where was my purpose in life? My only purpose in life when using was using, right? And so in recovery, like, am I going to let my only purpose be some of these other methods of acting out? Or am I going to have this purpose of like discovering what matters to me. Maybe it is my kids. Maybe it's not. And you know what? If it's not my fucking kids, that's okay as long as right. I'm okay with it. But I just feel like our society doesn't leave a lot of room for that. Like even if you feel okay with it, it's hard to be okay in yourself when everybody around you is kind of looking at you with like, eh, this motherfucker's yeah. crazy. Well, and of course I have an opinion about that too. Kids okay. are a tough one only because like they didn't ask to be in that situation. You 
brought them into this situation, so now you bear some responsibility. But as far as like jobs one. and houses and all that other shit, that's all. Totally made gonna up. argue with this one. <laughs> My kids give me that shit when I when I'm like, you guys are asking for too much, you're asking for too many rides to see too many friends and all. And they're like, well, we didn't ask to be here. I'm like, motherfucker, I didn't ask to be here either. So don't give me that bullshit. Like, none oh of yeah, us I don't necessarily mean about that. The rides. And well, shit, just in different. general, I mean like. That that idea that, oh, my kids didn't ask to be here, so I need to show up for them. Well, I didn't ask to fucking be here either, and I didn't even ask for them to be here. I just had sex. Like, I just, <laughs> I liked having sex. That's not, I don't know. I right. just, but that's a consequence of your action. It It is, but, I mean, if I didn't ask to be here to begin with, how can I be held responsible for somebody else not asking to be here? Like, that's weird. That's a weird concept. Like, that's a weird argument to me. Oh, they didn't ask to be here, so you're responsible for taking care of them. Like, well, one does. I mean, to me, like they both make sense, but one doesn't justify the other one. Like the fact that I didn't ask to be here doesn't like negate right now, all not... my responsibilities. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't ask to be here, but that doesn't well, mean I hold no responsibility for my decisions and actions. It's kind of and like addiction and trauma. Like you aren't responsible for the trauma that happened to you, but you are responsible for fixing it. Right. So. Uh, you got to hold off on that one for a second. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Too many points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I agree. Just because I didn't ask to be here doesn't absolve me of responsibility for my life. I, I totally agree. I say the same applies, though, when you say, oh, well, your kids didn't ask to be here. Okay. And they need to take personal responsibility for their fucking life. Some people's responsibility for their life is the fact that they had shit parents. Yeah. Well, once they're older. Okay. Like now my kids are older, so I can... I do put some of those responsibilities back on them, but it's a it's a balance, yeah. you know. Like it, like now, like my kids my have more freedom because like they drive and stuff. Or like my seventeen year old, she wants to run all over the place, and she's been lazy getting her license. And I'm like, dude, I'll do what I can, but I'm not canceling my fucking plans and rearranging my whole day to make sure you can get somewhere. Like if you need to get there. I can tell you when I can do it (laughs) and that's got to work or you make other arrangements, you know, so there is some give and take there. It's not like my life is enslaved to my children. I just need to clarify for the record. I have five kids and I love them very much and I do my best as a dad. Oh, you do. But I I do fall short. It's fucking hard. It's It's very selfless. Parenting is (sighs) a very, very selfless thing and it's difficult. Yeah. I hope they all have kids and pay for their fucking childhoods. (laughs) What was your point again now? What did you say? Oh, um, when you were talking about trauma and being responsible. Yeah, because you said, um, well, I didn't want to I didn't want to be here either. You know, like you didn't ask to get born either. And here I am. But, you know, I was just saying that, you know, you want we weren't responsible for the trauma that caused our addictions. But we are responsible to uh, heal it. So and, and that's an interesting thing. I think that's a concept maybe for another episode where we we don't explain that very well. We say that like. You're not responsible for your disease, but then you are responsible for everything you did in it. Like, that's an interesting way that we kind of view that, right? Like, you're not, like we say that, you know, addiction is not a moral failing and, and you come into the program and it's like, look, man, you couldn't have done anything different. You didn't know any better. Like now it's just about getting on track and learning and all that stuff. But then we say, oh yeah, but all the shit you did, yeah, you're totally liable for all that. Like you definitely got to go to jail. You definitely got to pay up your debts. You definitely got to own a responsibility for the wrongs you did. Yeah. But my opinion of that, I mean, that's all a hundred percent true. My opinion or or my experience with that is that is more for healing for myself and not for like some 
abdication of the wrong I did or whatever. It's it's really to to heal the guilt and shame that I have from those I things. I agree with that. For Making amends some is for that, you, yeah. not for them. For some of that, yeah. Going to prison for 10 years after you've been clean for three years because of something you did in addiction does not feel like it's anything for that person. <laughs> nah, that's a, that's terrible. Right, but that's yeah. but we, we do believe that, though. You had, oh, well, you did it, right? Well, you did it, yeah, but you did it when you were fucking high. Hmm. And you were not responsible for that, apparently. So I don't, it's just an interesting concept. Yeah, it's I think tricky. it's weird. Um, so going back to, to simplicity a little bit, you know, some of the things that came up when I was reading about it, minimalism right like uh, and i've looked into minimalism before like not needing so a lot of things yeah. only have three shirts right <laughs> one shirt what are you talking about <laughs> i'm just shirtless on sundays when i wash <laughs> you do laundry every day <laughs> <laughs> or you wear the same shirt well I, look you you bring up uh laundry right laundry bathing these kind of ideas like i think we probably overdo this i don't want to you know, there was that big mm-hmm. thing about some actor and actress who don't make their kids wash enough or something in the news recently. And I was like, wow, I probably fall on the side of this that is going to get judged. Like, you don't need to bathe as yeah. often as we bathe. We're crazy about this shit. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that showering's overrated. Well, I, it's just, I mean, it's incredible that, like, we look at history of the world Showing and animals and how much they shower or clean and and then you just look at the history of like modern man and like bathing the way we bathe is not the norm and all of a sudden overnight we just accepted this myth like oh yeah you have to shower every day and wear these perfumes and deodorants and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like where the fuck did that come from and why all of a sudden do we all buy in when i worked i used to shower every day but as a stay-at-home mom it's just you know so yeah, not it's not so what, much. The little bit I've heard, not to get way off on a thing about that, but the little bit I've heard about that is a lot of that is our like sort of lizard brain primal uh, like mating habits, mating rituals. Because if you aren't the one that showers and wears a perfume and puts on the makeup, the other woman is. And look at the lady that showers every day and her hair's all done, her makeup's all done. She's gonna get. She's going to attract a better mate right. than, and it's some, it's some primal competition, you know, well, subliminal competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it ties into that book I was just telling you guys about that I'm reading about this idea that our generally like lizards, whatever they did a hundred million years ago, it's still what they do because without a change in DNA, they can't change their, their natural habits, right? Like chimpanzees just do the same shit they've always done. And without a long-term span and change of their genetics, they will always just do what they've done. They can't do anything different. But humans have the ability to do something different. We can change overnight. Not maybe overnight, literally, but right, really, but really fast. Yeah, just with a new time, myth. Yeah, we make short. up a new myth, right? And one of the things, that, and I, I don't know why, but this is one of the always ones that comes to my mind is I was in high school and, and girls had pubic hair. Like that was just what they did. Yeah, right. And then I graduated <laughs> high school and overnight yeah. it was all bald vaginas. And it was like, holy shit, what the, like Yeah, just, even in the seventies and eighties, like right. when you saw like Playboy magazines, they had <laughs> I mean, and it ruined so many good construction site sayings. <laughs> you know, like like you can't call it a beaver anymore. Yeah, like right. that doesn't make sense. And you can't you can't say that when you put something up and it's a little wrong, you can't say, oh, it's just a cunt hair off. Like, yeah. th- nobody knows what they are anymore. <laughs> I know, it's a terrible thing. Sorry, Jenny. But, <laughs> but but it was one of those, like, overnight changes. And I imagine it was probably the same when women started shaving their legs. Like, it just happened so sporadically. And their underarms. And, like, 
these things, we look at them today as if they've been there forever, but our society just has the ability to shift overnight our beliefs, our cultures, our values, and ideas. And, and I think some of simplicity is really stepping back from that to evaluate what really matters to us, right? All about like feminism and new ideas and, and people who don't want to go into the process of shaving. I get it. Shaving's a pain in the dick. I don't even like shaving my face, right? It's a pain. And yet at the same time, I know what I value is what I grew up with. And that's the fact that I would personally like my partner to have shaved underarms and shaved legs. Like it just, it's not as attractive because that's what I was programmed for. And I get that, but the ability to step back and say, Hey, look, I, yeah, you don't have to do it. But for me, I'd prefer it. And, and some women prefer it and that's fine. Like, so is that part of simplicity? Just the ability to step back from what our society says all the time because we just come up with this shit even though it feels like it's been ingrained in us forever like all this is pretty new yeah as far as like the uh what do you call that materialism stuff you mean uh, materialism or just any of our values our values shift way quicker than we realize and we just we hold on to them like they're the most important thing ever for my mother my mother will say she feels a terrible guilt for not sending someone a card that mm. lets them know she thought of them on a special occasion. Well, guess what? Hallmark hasn't been around that fucking long. So like cards have not been around that right. long. So that's a new concept, but she buys in as if it's been, you know, from the beginning of man, if you didn't do this, you're wrong. And she has never stepped back and said, oh, maybe I can evaluate if that's right for my life or not. Or maybe she has, and she just decided it was, but like, I just think most of our values and concepts and ethics, they're, they're all fucking made up, but we change them over time and we grasp onto them like, well, this is all yeah, that matters. Yeah, with culture. Yeah. And yeah. With, with so I'm just curious if like part of simplicity is stepping back and saying, what really matters to me? Like, I need to keep That's this simpler. Well, and I know for yeah, us heart. having that, ex so we had the experience, I think I've talked about it on here, maybe not. Um... A few years ago, we sold our house and sold all our stuff, and we moved into a camper, and we traveled around the country just living in a travel, you know, a big fifth-wheel camper. And when we went through that process, so before we did that, I was like, there is no way. Like, we had a house with a couple of acres of property and all the stuff that comes along with a house and, you know, washer, dryer, all those things. Mow dishwasher, Yeah, all those things. And it was nice to have this big yard and a playground in the back and thought, how are we going to have – you know, how do you live without all of this shit? And what we ended up doing is we put our house up for sale and we took our camper and just put it at a local campground that was like five miles from our house. And we stayed there one whole summer. We just said, all right, let's see if the five of us can live in this camper for a summer. Because I thought, we're all going to want to fucking kill each other. We're going to be on top of each other. There's not going to be any space. We're going to be fighting over the one TV, you know, all that right. shit. And after that summer, I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. This is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get out of this house <laughs> because what would happen is, you know, we had the camper. It took probably an hour to clean the thing from top to bottom. You had one small bathroom. You had one small living room. You could clean everything. There was a minimal amount of dishes that would fit in there. So when you use shit, you had to wash it, you know, fairly right away. You couldn't let things pile up in the sink. And we just got away from a lot of the modern conveniences, but 
it made life so much simpler and easier. And I could go do my regular job and come home and be like, oh, fuck, I get to, like, enjoy the rest of my afternoon because I don't have grass mm -hmm. to mow and a fucking wash machine that needs fixed and laundry to do. That was the other thing. So we would take our laundry to the laundromat and let them do it because we didn't have a washer dryer. So you just take it there and pay them to do it. I fucking loved that. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> Let's cut the little green spiky things in the backyard so that we can cut them again next week when they come back. Right. <laughs> right. And just that experience was, I would have never thought that going into it, but mm. then on the other side of it, it was like, oh yeah, that minimalist thing. And there's trade-offs to each. I mean, there was some inconveniences to, to having not a lot of space and, you know, not having a lot of the modern stuff right in your house. Um, but there was a great benefit too. I thought of this a lot of times in my house it's just it would be way easier to upkeep cleaning up if we just didn't have shit like and, and maybe that's a very i don't feel like cleaning up kind of view but it's like there's just so much shit laying around and i'm like we don't ever use any of this like let's just get rid of it and we don't have to keep putting it away because it doesn't keep getting pulled out so that's one of the things we we had put a whole bunch of stuff in storage. We took all this stuff and we had to put it in storage and fucking paid a storage bill for like a year and a half. And we never went and touched any of that stuff. Never. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of like a year and a half, we said, you know what? I don't think we need that storage shed anymore and all the shit in it can go. There was like one or two like sentimental things that we might have kept, but right. we got rid of like all the rest of that shit in that storage shed. And mm -hmm. we're just like, we don't need all this shit. <laughs> how you described your camper experience that's exactly what i love about camping it's like when you wake up you're like well what am i going to eat today what am i going to do today that kind of simple that's vacation that kind of simple existence i have a fantasy of doing like a, a retreat you know just like a meditation retreat you know and just the real simple like wake up eat meditate walk you know like and just and it's not for relaxation but just for like clarity of mind clarity of purpose one day i'll do that but I think that's one of the huge attractions to the whole homesteading movement and why people love that nowadays. If you see there's shows about it and that's all I want to do. Um, it's just your your responsibilities, not that they go away because there's a lot of them, but they're on base level things like how am I going to get my water today? How am I going to get my food today? How am I? You're not trying to contemplate like how am I going to solve this problem with Bob and accounting over the reconciliation <laughs> of the budget? Like you're not none of that matters. Like I just need to go get some fucking berries and shoot me a squirrel. Like it's <laughs> so much easier because I want to eat. <laughs> like, I just talked to somebody who was hunting squirrels and eating them. I think that's a weird concept. <laughs> It seems so weird. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I am, you know, it's interesting to watch you two talk about this because I'm like looking at your lives, camping probably means simplicity, right? There's so much less for you to do. And I'm like, as a guy who doesn't do much, <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds harder for me because <laughs> I'm not avoiding anything that I already would be. Avo I mean, I avoid all that shit now. Like I just don't do it now. So to go camping just means I have less luxuries. Well, it doesn't really I mean about... I get to avoid any of the. <laughs> The trade-offs. So the, the trade-offs of a, a simpler life are a lot of your decisions get reduced. You know what I mean? Like we didn't – but you're giving up conveniences. So like when we were camping in the camper, like we had one television and we didn't even have cable. So what you fucking watched on TV, you didn't get 
a lot of choices. You had whatever TV stations you could pick up at the time. Some of the campgrounds we would stay at would have cable, whatever. But just something so stupid like that, it just drastically reduces your choices. I'm not trying to choose between 130 channels of three different movies that might be interesting or this sporting thing or that sporting thing. It's like, nope, I'm just not going to watch TV. I'll do something else. Can I? Do I get to pick the channel? Because I can just, I can live with one. <laughs> I just want one channel, but I want to be able to pick which one it is. But the idea being you're giving up the luxuries, which seems inconvenient, but the mental anguish that you go through that you don't even recognize trying to decide what to watch or what to eat or when to do your laundry or when to do know. all these things. When all those shit's taken away, it's so much easier. I, I got to be honest. I feel like my life's set up in a way where I am only giving up the luxuries. Like I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm actually getting rid of anything. I'm like, damn. I feel like you guys talked about this before. Like, does more choices mean more freedom, or is less choices, you know, the simpler path? Yeah. yeah, I think that came up before. I don't know. I, don't I have, have a lot of gratitude right now, though, for my life. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm feeling bad for you guys. <laughs> Your major inconvenience is having to leave the gym too early. I know. <laughs> I know. I do. I had to sit at the hospital for an hour and a half. God damn. With my loved ones. Half, Ugh. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, it was really. It was <laughs> honestly. I'm. I'm pretty amazed. It might have been two hours tops. I was like, holy shit. This was the quickest ever. Maybe right? that's the compared to calling an ambulance. If you she just went right stroll back. into the emergency yeah. room, you're fucking that sitting there for hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna go in an ambulance from now on. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the only way to get there. Cut my finger. I need right. nine. You guys gotta come take it. <laughs> Uh, so another idea besides minimalism was just doing less. And I, I thought that was interesting because I, I don't, so I don't personally choose to do a lot. And yet with five kids, there's a lot to be done. I mean, four of them are in sports. Three of those four are on two different teams, one for school, one for rec. Like we have practices or games every weeknight, Friday night, half of Saturday, just listening to your schedule is stressing me out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot, and I, I honestly do not like it. I love that my kids get to be active and play competitive sports, and at the same time, I hate that we don't, as a family, have the ability to hang out on Friday night and say, what do you guys feel like doing tomorrow? Like, do you want to go do a corn maze? Do you want to go to a pumpkin patch? Do you want to go take a hayride with some warm cider? Do you want to go take a hike somewhere? Like, what are we feeling like? Oh, God, hey, there's a new fair over there that's open this weekend. We should go check that out. You know what? There's a reptile show and it's an expo. Why don't we go, like, walk through that? And Lizard brain. Like, I just, I wish we had that capability more often. Or, or, hey, let's go see my mother and spend some time with her. We don't see her all the time. And I feel like my schedule is so busy. I was just texting a guy today. What is today? October 17th. Texting him this morning. He was talking to me about... uh the last episode, or the one that just came out with, with Jen, the peer one, right? And, and me uh, arguing with her. <laughs> and and he was like, man, we really need to hang out. And I was like, we, we really do. I'd love to see you go get something to eat, whatever. And I looked at my calendar just to get some ideas. And I was like, what do you think of November 20th? <laughs> like, that's the next day where I really feel like there's space to even think about putting something else in. Mm. And I'm like, it's been that way for a month and a half now, I guess. And I'm like, I fucking hate it. So I frequently tell people like we're and and I've told you this a lot, we're kinda on the other side of that now. Our two older daughters are kinda done with sports. They're out of that. They do a lot of their own independent things. I mean, my seventeen year old hasn't quite got her license yet, but she's working on it and uh it's so great. 
I mean, no, but what I would say about that, and I frequently say this to people, is I don't regret re- investing that time in their life. Like, right. yes, it did make it chaotic. Yes, it, it was hectic. And in the moments, I fucking hated it. I was overwhelmed. It felt like a lot. I felt like I was never doing things that I wanted to do. But in hindsight, it's like most of the tough decisions that we make in life. It's like in hindsight, I can look back and go, man, I'm I'm glad I did that for my kids. Now they're getting to be adults. You know what I mean? They know I love and support them. That support that they need is way less now, and it's way easier. Right. Um, and like my son is the only one left in sports, and it's so much easier. Well, well, and the truth for my life is that like a lot of that is handled by you know my wife and and her parents help out sometimes when neither of us can do it like i work two evenings a week i have a meeting one evening a week so like i'm not a huge part of the chaos it's just the times when i don't have something to do i do have something to do and that's frustrating for me but i do i have been reminding myself that like just and, and i could be wrong but projecting forward i think this is as busy as it will ever get like, I think once these sports seasons end next month, it will never be this many sports teams at the same time again, because my daughters are getting older. And so those two won't be doing as much. And, you know, I think I'm going to do a better job of one sport a season for the other ones. Like right now, there's seven sports teams and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking a lot. lot. But, mm-hmm. but reminding myself like, okay, this is as much as it's going to get. And there's a month left, not even a month. So It'll be okay, and then it'll get better. And it is funny. The grass is sort of always looks greener on the other side of the fence because now, like with my son, I'm always like, oh, man, we should have signed up for travel ball, and we should have done this because now he's only playing like two or three times a week, and <laughs> he would like to play more. And I like don't always rationalize that out to be right. like – all that commitment of time is also my commitment of time. And then talking to some of the parents, mm. you know, that were on the travel ball, like they actually ended up pulling their kids because they were like, man, we were traveling every weekend. It was mm. like we would have to go and you're spending money for a hotel because yeah. it's seven hours away. And then that's your entire weekend. And if they win a couple games, then you're there fucking all day, you know, Saturday and Sunday and you're not getting home till late Sunday night. And they were just like, it's just a lot every weekend. And I was like, eh, yeah, I'm probably glad we didn't even try. Like, I've been in sports tournaments where I wasn't rooting for my kids' team to lose, <laughs> but I was kind of hoping. Right. <laughs> I'm ready please, to go home. Please lose. Yeah. See, I can't. If I had that spiritual schedule, I mean, that sports schedule, it would knock me off my spiritual balance beam. So we, you know, I've chosen mm. not to do organized sports with my kids. I, you know, when I schedule out, we're getting into the holiday season. I try for like one event per weekend. It's like I schedule space because if I, you know, there's always something between like us hanging out with the Down Syndrome Association or like family or just community events. Like I could sign up for two two things every weekend and then I, I'll get off my spiritual balance beam and then shit happens. So I just schedule one thing per weekend and then there's room for impulse. If you're like, maybe I do want to go to that. You know, like I feel okay. We got enough sleep. Let, let's go do that. You know, right. That's and, and I'm really saying. lucky. I- my wife is good at scheduling those things because I'm the other way. Just I'm not a person that likes a lot of downtime, and I don't know that that's good for me, but I'll fucking work every day and just, oh, yeah, just work. I mean, I'm doing nothing, so that means I need to be doing something. <laughs> like, and then I drive myself nuts after three or four weeks of that. I'm like, 
I fucking hate my life. (laughs) I hate everyone and this is too much. And what am I doing to myself? But that like that, that's the indicator that when I start feeling like that, like depression or down or hate my life, I'm like, hey, you got to take a fucking look at what you're Mm. doing. Right. But even I'll take like a weekend or two and do nothing. And then I'm like, oh, this feels terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny mentioned uh, spontaneous. Right. And, And like through my history in my life, I am not a spontaneous person. Like if it's not well planned out i'm not doing it i don't do shit spontaneous and but i've found that i've moved more to i wish i had time to do spontaneous things now i don't know if that's just like some dream i'm making up about how how good i look uh, in spontaneity you know if i'm not busy like maybe that's just a fantasy i'm telling myself but i i do feel like i'm much more able to be spontaneous now like hey yeah we're just sitting here why, why don't we get up and go do that thing and we did actually like a, a weekend or two ago we did go do a corn maze and got to do that and play around and the season. get some ice cream right i imagine with what seven of you it's probably hard to find things that everyone wants to do like we'll do things a lot where it'll be just three or four of us you know occasionally it'll be all of us but Usually, like, one of the kids will be like, ah, I'm not so interested. And we just let them not. Like, mm. we don't force them to do stuff. But See, I, I try to make times where we're together. Because I don't feel like we do a lot as a total family. And I'm fine with when we don't. Like, like the corn maze one of us had to miss because he was off at a birthday party for some other kids doing the zoo in a corn maze or something. So... It's I'm all right with it, but I do try to make uh, like we had a softball game Friday night and my sons definitely did not want to go. They wanted to stay home and play on their games. And I was like, nope, I'm taking the baby. You two are coming. We're playing. And once we got there, they ran around with the kids. They had a blast like all the other kids at the field. So I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a forcer sometimes. I'm like, eh, I only got a few more years to well, force them. I'm going to keep too. doing That's it. That's the difference. Yeah. Mine are older, so they can stay home by themselves. I mean. And my 13-year-old, I can give him a couple of hours by himself. He's all right. Well, yeah, I can. I could have left him. There was, uh, there was adult supervision in the house. I, I just, I'm like, while well, I got a chance, I'm going to force you. I'm <laughs> yeah, a forcer right. sometimes, and, Well, too. and they're still at that age. We're getting them outside. Like, you you know, and we used right. to go through that with my son, too. Like, we would drag him to the games for the girls, and he would complain, but then he would get there and see his other kids that he knows. So another point, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to back up being a forcer. Like, sometimes the kids don't want to go boating. They'd yeah. rather play video games. I'm like, no, you're coming. You know, I can't leave you home. <laughs> well, that's and, and we'll, well, now you can bring the Switch tough. on the boat, but. That's because the video games are addictive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they'll, end up, they'll bring it for, brain. like, comfort, and they don't always use it. It's just like, now there's the option. And then once we're on the boat, yeah, they'll get into crabbing and, you know, whatever we do on the boat. Right, but, right. Another idea, uh, and I brought this up a little earlier, was the idea of having a purpose so that you know your priorities and you know your secondaries, right? And this uh, particular site was talking about listing the priorities on purpose so that way you can like study them from time to time and remember like I've done that through these are the four top priorities in my life in this specific order and now I don't have to think when situations come up. I can look. Does it apply to any of these? Because you know, I know the order that they matter in my life. It, it's funny. I It took me like 15 years in recovery to realize that recovery is about having a purpose. Like I didn't know that that fit into a step. And it wasn't until I did a step working guide outside of our program, step working guide, where it made a big point in step three to talk about this is about finding purpose in your life. And I was like, hmm. is it? <laughs> I was never told that. Yeah. And the other interesting part and i've said this a lot about like ongoing recovery and staying in the process of recovery for me has been 
some of those values and beliefs have changed over time. You know what I mean? I can look at behavior and be like, well, this is, you know, this is a belief that I was running on for a while, but it doesn't seem to be jiving with my spirit so much. So maybe this isn't as important as it should be. And and then I reshuffle those priorities and reshuffle those values. Right, right. So uh, one of the, it talked about some ideas of how to be simple, how to get simple, things that help with simplicity in your life. One of it, it said, was schedule your time. Put the big rocks in before the small ones. And I kind of like that. If you've ever heard the analogy of like how to fill up a, a glass, you know, and you have big rocks, small rocks, and then sand, and then water. And, you know, if you try to do it in any other order besides big to small, they don't all go in. But if you put the big ones in first and then the little ones kind of mix in the little holes in there and then the sand mixes in where that doesn't fill up and then obviously water will go anywhere it can. Um, and, and I like that idea, right? If you schedule your time and that doesn't mean have your time all scheduled out, right? Not, don't make it look like my calendar because that's <laughs> awful. But scheduling in like, hey, this is my space for nothing or, or my space for spontaneous or my space for whatever we feel like on that day. Maybe that's laying around. Maybe that's going out, whatever. But yeah, putting the big rocks in, if you try to schedule too many smaller things, I feel like that could be an issue. And I went the whole other way with that. I was like, I felt like for me, just like my daily meditation, my 10 or 15 minutes of meditation, like I pushed that into my schedule. That's something I got to remind myself. Like, that's for me. That's just my time for me. Well, but I think that's a big rock. No. I don't think that's okay. a small rock. I don't think it's like the amount of time. I, I think oh, it's okay. like, oh, so I'm this thinking is a big top rocks priority. Amount of time. Okay. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. No, I would I would look at this and say, oh, meditation's huge for my life. Same that's got to have a spot right. first. And, and it has. Like I've, I wake up probably an extra 45 minutes early to make sure I have time to make sure I don't miss that meditation every morning. For the most part, there's some mornings it doesn't work, but pretty much every day yeah and it's a big rock it's like that's got to be in there so somewhere else has got to move to to shift to make room for that hmm. yeah so making sure those things these big rocks and small rocks idea that it's your more your priorities not the time yeah okay. yeah it's not like i gotta fit this hershey park trip in or nothing like right <laughs> it's, it's all about right. what matters making sure they fall in first because um, you can do anything but you can't do everything Yes, and every decision to do one thing is a decision against all other possibilities. It's so hard. Um, another theory was decluttering your digital life. They said that that's one of those things we need to do. Like we get so many notifications, so many, you know, get caught up on our phones. There's so much on there. There's, there's so much, for me at least, there's so much necessity to respond to. That like, yeah, I'm not even getting to the point where there's like the, I can just scroll for hours or, or get lost in a rabbit hole of information. Like I'm just taking care of like responding to things that I think Oof. I call necessities. They're probably just going to say, I only have yeah. one, what I would call a necessity and I neglected it yesterday and I got a fucking earful when I got home from the wife. Oh. <laughs> it was her. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this this idea of like, how can we make our phones less intrusive on our time and space and mind and energy and resources, right? Like, I know for me, I have gone through and it's kind of been a painstaking process. I, I'm the guy who over time, I will go through my emails and unsubscribe to all the bullshit. I'm like, I just, I, oh, yeah, I'm tired yeah. of deleting these yep. every other week, Routine right? I'm going to unsubscribe but for my phone i did the same with notifications i went through as each notification came in over a period of like a month it's like 
Nope, you're not going to make sound or vibrate. Nope, you're not going to make sound or vibrate. I don't even need fucking notifications from you. Yeah. Uh, and, and so now my phone rarely makes noise and doesn't vibrate all that often either. And, and like, it's interesting. I don't notice that. But then when I'm laying in bed and I hear my wife's phone vibrate on the nightstand like every eight seconds, I'm like, what in the fuck is wrong with yeah, your phone, bro? Crazy. Yeah. I'm like, turn that shit off. Or, or And we talked about some of that on? when we did our, our digital, when we talked about the addiction to phones and stuff. And I've done that. I, I don't have any social media. I do have Instagram, but I don't get any notifications for any of that stuff. I think maybe messages, my phone, and my calendar are like the notifications that I get. You know, and that's it. Everything else is fucking off. I don't get notifications of emails, and I never turn the ringer on ever. It is always on vibrate. I used to be like that, but then I I, there were some things I wanted calls for. So now I'm like, all right, I'll turn it on noise. I'll just make sure most of the shit's every now and again. I miss something like it's like, oh, I wish I would have got that right away. But it's usually not as critical as I think it is, and it's so few and far between that it's like, nah, good. I strive to compartmentalize more with my, you know, like, all right, this is when I do my emails. This is when I respond. You know, like in my day, I'm, I'm, I'm working towards that. Yeah, I don't check my emails all weekend. Like I check it at work Monday through Friday when I'm sitting in my computer at work. That's when I check my emails. I don't fuck mm-hmm. with emails on my phone unless I'm specifically looking for something or waiting for, a, you know, something. I don't. I have like 11 email accounts and I definitely. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a sickness, I have man. A few. <laughs> yeah. I have a work one and then a personal one. Well, and, and I, and I do have all the notifications on my phone. And I, I mean, for me, it's mostly just deleting the notification when it comes up. Like, it's not like it's time consuming, but I guess that's time consuming just in itself of like, nope. That's not one of those luxuries that you want to, you know, can't go camping with. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, right. Maybe. Uh, Another idea it had was work when you work, play when you play, rest when you rest. Hmm. Like, be Be where you're at, right? Be be where your feet are. Uh, Don't be thinking about work. Like, you you don't have your emails, your work emails on your phone because that's not what the fuck you're doing at that point in time. And, like, that idea is really beneficial because how often are we thinking about something else we have to do? Which is not simplicity, right? When we're and there. What I've found yeah. for myself over time is that just thinking and dealing with work stuff off of work hours did not make me personally better at my job. It really didn't. You know, I'm more, I'm better at my job when I'm present there. Like when I'm at work, that gets my attention. That's what I'm doing. I'm working now. When I'm home, that's what I'm doing. That's where my attention is. Instead of mixing all that shit up. Yeah, remember right. when multitasking was like the push? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to tell, oh, yeah. I'm a great multitasker. And then Jen pointed, my wife pointed out, she's like, no, you're fucking terrible at it. You do five <laughs> things shitty. Like, that's what you do. And <laughs> but they're like, done. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, they're done. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked them out. Like, you are right. Cross more off my <laughs> list. And, and the last suggestion was learn to say no which I think is one of the hardest ones and goes back Mm -hmm. to something we brought up earlier. Like when we think other people in society are going to look at us different and and they will, they will, right? That is what I've learned that this is a really, the path to simplicity is the path to self-acceptance and self-love, right? Being able to like me enough to not worry about what other people are going to think and do what's right for me in the moment. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. Um, but I do a lot better with it today, just that ability like, nah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And I don't give a fuck what the societal pressures are, or how y'all are going to think I am as a parent or a human or like, that's just not what's right for me. I can't do that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm bad at that. <laughs> I, I say yes to all kinds of shit without even really thinking about it. Like, oh, you need something? Okay. I'm like, why the fuck am I? I don't even want to do this. <laughs> I don't know. Any final thoughts on simplicity? You know, I I, uh, I screenshot a quote that was on simplicity. Can I read it? Yes. Okay. Alan Watts. I love him. The meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. And yet everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's that societal shifts we've had. You got to be this. You got to be that. People in 1684 weren't worried about being successfully rich or successfully powerful in the world. They were worried about fucking having food. Yeah. And I think the more and more you look at how sick our society is when it comes to, you know, mental health, addiction, suicide, depression, you know, all these obesity, like it's obvious that. Um, to me, I don't know, maybe not, but it's obvious. Like whatever the fuck most people are doing is pretty wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe I need to take a look at that and be like, all right, what is everybody else doing? Maybe I need to do something different. <laughs> all right, so that's our study of simplicity as a spiritual principle. Go out there, be simple. Don't complicate your goddamn life, and uh, stay safe. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>